All right, well, it's great to see everybody. Um, tonight, uh, we, oh, as the brothers, we're going to talk about uh, discipling. Uh, because it's, a, it's an interesting word. When you come into the kingdom of God, you don't really hear the word discipling. But we, I want to help us understand what it is and what it isn't. Um, and how sometimes we can uh, misunderstand one another. Being discipled is the title. Being discipled. Because you got to ask yourself, it's really a one another relationship. All through the New Testament, there's one another scriptures. Love one another. Spur one another on. Courage one another daily. See to it that no one gets involved in bitterness. Snatch from the fire. So you have to ask yourself if you're actually in a heart position to receive discipling, which doesn't just mean correction, because who wants to hang around someone that's always correcting you? Because there's always something to correct if you wanted to be like critical, right? Because we're all, why did Jesus die? We're, we, we need grace on our best day. We only speak to one another in love and only if there's a concern like you see a pattern. But also, you shouldn't wait. I give my heart to brothers when I'm struggling. You know, Earl and uh, Parker know this, and, and, and many of you do. Fonzo, I talk. I'm in trouble, I talk. Because it, it torments me inside when I'm not doing well. So being, diso- being disciples, it, it really is Jesus is the focus. That's why we disciple each other. And since we can't hit that, but we're aspiring to that, right? What do you say before you go into the waters of baptism? Jesus is Lord. That's a bold statement. That's why you got to really think about it and study the Bible. That's why Jesus says, sit down. Think about what I'm saying. As though you were going to build a huge investment, like a tower or something. What's that going to take? Don't just run out without thinking and expend all your resources and then just go and not even think and just spend everything you have and you don't have enough to finish and then you're bankrupt on the street. He goes, that's a fool. you got to think about the life I'm calling and you're going to need me every day to be able to do it. So just know that. If you can believe that I am God and you want to follow me and I'm going to be there for you, that takes all the fear away because you can't do it by yourself. But it's, it's a commitment to go, I believe God is God and I am not. I believe Jesus is sent by God to show us exactly what a human being would act and be like as God, which is God. Jesus was 100% God, 100% human being, and that's why he modeled it. He showed us this is what I am as a human being. Pretty cool. Because you can go, I can't understand God. Who is he? Well, you just got to go back and go, Jesus is God. And then you can go, whoa, and then you watch the Gospels. How did he talk to people? How did he listen? How did he respond? And know that he was tempted in every way. And that that really helps me to see that he was tempted in every way. Because I'm just telling you, I like to say that I would like to respond this way sometimes, but it wouldn't be right. Well, I'm not Jesus. Most people would go, really? Like, we're shocked. We thought you were. No, everybody would say, no, tell me something I don't know, right? And say, if you said that too, right? Someone's trying to help you change. You're like, well, I'm not Jesus. Wow, I, that shocks me. I thought you were. No, right? We're trying to change and trying to grow and with grace and truth. I want to just talk about what being discipled is. Well, being, being a disciple is a Jesus thing. 
It's not like something we made up. In what we are doing, Jesus modeled and commanded for us to be following him. Follow me. And he even told Peter when uh, Simon Peter was reinstated, he said, you must follow me. Don't worry about him. Because he's like, what about him? What about you? Remember, he says, don't you worry about this other disciple. You just follow me. And that's what we do. We, don't, we, get our, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because we need to do what's right no matter what yeah. if you're going to be committed to God. You can't just do well if the church is doing well. You can't go by a barometer if the church is not doing well and the church starts to get lukewarm. Oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. No, if you're fixing your eyes on Jesus, you'll recognize, hey, guys, we need to bring this back up. We need to be fully committed to God. This doesn't look like a fully committed church. Yeah. So... Imitation. Jesus is our example to imitate and really strive to do that. That's really the focus. It's not looking at other people. It's just trying to be right with God, and then we assist each other. You know, to follow a leader is not a new thing. You know this. There's many disciples of many different people in life. It's a normal thing. It's a learner. It's someone aspiring to be like him. You could be a musician and really be inspired by a guitarist, if you want to play the guitar, right? Um, during the centuries leading up to Christ, there was incredible, uh, uh, the idea of following a leader was huge. It was totally popular. I mean, you, you've heard of like, you probably learned this in college, like Aristotle, isn't he a philosopher? Well, we know he was a famous philosopher. There was many disciples of Aristotle, many disciples of like uh, Pluto, Plato, Plato or Pluto? Plato, Plato. What did Plato do? What did Plato do? Besides invent Plato? Oh, he was? So Plato, so then he got his own disciples. So they were very famous philosophers, or what were they? But, peop, men, but people really followed them. They're still in the history books. They had to make some kind of dent. They're not God, but they, you know, think about it. But that was a popular thing. Uh, the disciples of those two men, just for instance, they, they followed them, and they, what did they do? They were intent on learning everything about them, imitating their behavior, and their philosophies. Now, we know that Jesus is about the heart. It's like you strive to love like God loves. You strive to really pray for God to help you respond like God would respond. Isn't that hard when you're angry or something? So this is really cool. And then Paul even teaches about it in Acts 22, verse 31. Acts 22, verse 3. Let's go there. Because Paul understood this as well when he was this. Because the uh, Jews in Jesus' day employed much of the same method of training as did the famous philosophers of having disciples. Leading rabbis in the Jewish faith, by the way, had their little groups. And that's what we don't want to have little groups, but you know what I mean. But they did. They had people dead set on trying to learn and want to learn from the person. But Paul says in Acts 22, verse 3, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city under Gamaliel, I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. So he mentions his disciple before he met Jesus, is Gamaliel. John the Baptist had a definite group of disciples who followed him as he followed Jesus. And in Mark 2, 18 it was mentioned that John's disciples even fasted. They followed him. 
Now, let me ask you this. Turn to this. Turn to the Proverbs, because you guys are going, oh, okay, I've heard discipling. Well, I, I always have to try to find scriptures that maybe you didn't see before, because we're going to get you. Because some of us can be, not that we disagree with it, but we haven't taken it serious, because it's a command of God. See, churches dissipate because they don't hold this as a command. And then people get afraid not to be legalistic, and we do not need to be legalistic. There needs to be a pattern, but when you count the cost, it's Jesus says you love one another. But let's look at uh, Proverbs 14, verse 10. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that appears right, but in the end leads to death. Even in laughter, the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. What's going on here? These four Proverbs each relate to the idea that appearances can be deceiving. And isn't that correct? I don't know about you guys, but you're here, and thank God you're here, but we got a lot of feelings going on at times every day, right? A lot of stuff. There could be storms, turmoil, feelings. That's nothing to do with anything here, but just life. I told Earl, asked me when I came in today, how are you doing? And I just shared I was struggling with the person uh, in bitterness. And I realized I was, bit, I was fighting bitterness, and I just was open. He said, how are you doing? He didn't, he didn't have to do much more. I just was honest because I was already praying about it. I know it's wrong. I'm dealing with it, but it was just, it was great to go, yeah, bro, I appreciate it. And I shared it. And he said, I can relate. You know, I've had those issues in the past before in life. He didn't cure me. He didn't fix me, but I was already talking about it. See what I'm saying? Because I'm already going, God, help me. I know it's wrong, but I, and I need to change it. I'm in a wrong position because justifiably, humanistically, I could get fed up in this situation. But that's not what Jesus does. But I did, and I'm dealing with it. And you guys understand the same. So in verse 10, look at that. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. See, no one really knows the, in, the internal experiences of another, right? No matter what. No one knows your ex- internal experiences unless you want to allow them to know what's going on. And as men... There's a side of us that just says, I got this, I'm, I can deal with this, I'm a man. That's partly good, but in reality, spiritually, yeah, you can't. You need to be able to go to God. I don't know about you, but I can't change heart things without going, God, help me. And then talking with brothers, even to a point where maybe I don't see the, 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 the real sin, the depth of it, actually, you have to be careful to... to be there for one another, but then draw out the heart because no one knows. But it says each heart knows its own bitterness. And this is really talking about, and then no one else can share its joy. The gaunt, the, the, the gamut, the, the range of a person's feelings from bitterness to joy cannot be fully shared with another human unless you want to. We all have pain. If you've been around long enough, you see the world is made in pain so to speak think about it when you're born pain in the mother there was pain right there pain had to happen pain happens 
but just painful disappointments and things that can happen in your life and then around you, people you love, and then you see the news and the world. If you're not careful, you can just get jaded. Can't you? That's why you got to fix your eyes on Jesus. That's why time to come together in the name of God and we're all singing. This is a special moment because we're here in the name of Jesus, right? So I want to look at... Um, Let's look at, uh, really talk about point number one, being discipled is God's plan. And let's just look at a great scripture. We all know Matthew 28, verse 18. And review this, younger Christians, Aiden, great to have you, bro, baptized. I don't even study. It's awesome to have you in the kingdom. You know, you're saved. That's what's so amazing. When you've made that final decision, Jesus, Lord, in your heart, you really made that commitment and God blessed your faith as you believed in the blood of Jesus, went in the water. He forgave your sins because he saw you're done. I've, I've, I've examined enough. I'm ready to commit to you, God, in relationship. And thank you so much for Jesus. Isn't it amazing to go, I'm saved? I mean, it's just good to know for sure you're saved, not just going, I know if God knows my heart. No, you don't know the Bible. You, 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 you allowed the Bible to build, to you, for, the, for the truth anchor for you to respond to and become like the scriptures. Look at Matthew 28, verse 19, actually or excuse me, 18. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, I need to see that. I need to see that over and over and over. God weaves in. He's always with us. But he says here, once you're baptized, you become a disciple, comma, then you're baptized. Disciples make disciples. We actually are allowed, and by God Almighty, to be involved in the fissures of men, and then we help bring the truth to them and try to draw their heart out. The person has to be open. See, if a person isn't open to be discipled by God, they won't get it. Just, i.e., seeking God with all your heart. you got to want to seek God. Well, then, if you're in the kingdom, we want to seek God's influence and input from who else would know how to disciple us better than a disciple of Jesus? No one. And it doesn't mean you're a, a disciple has all the answers about, you know, uh, different areas like maybe car or finances or investment. That You go out and seek the worldly wisdom on that for your life. But you know what I'm talking about, the moral choices, the living on, in, in the God's boundaries. But we see, he says, teaching them to obey everything. So he says, go to these disciples, go make them. So Aiden, you were just made into a disciple. It was your choices, your faith, but you were assisted to answer your questions and show you what the Lord wants you to do, right? Now you were baptized into Christ. And now as a young Christian, but his heart should be the same as the oldest Christian in here. Willing to be a learner. Remember, we're always learning. Because if we're students of Jesus, and Jesus is our disciple, or we're following Jesus, then you never arrive. So your heart should always be receptive to possible input from God through situations, i.e. disciples. See what I'm saying? But it's a command. He says, teach them to obey everything. Well, if you're going to really strive to obey everything, you can't just assume you're going to be able to do it by yourself. Because to learn, you have to be a learner, and God works through everything. His word, disciples, even donkeys, he'll disciple you through, right? We saw that in the Bible. What's it mean to being discipled? Well, let's look in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. 
2 Timothy 2, verse 2. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Teach others. What's he saying? Raise up, learn to be mature in Christ and a follower of the leadership in Christ, and then grow to be reliable to be able to now be involved in helping others as we grow in size of saved souls. You see that? Be qualified to teach others. Well, if you're not involved or willing to engage with others, then how are you going to be able to fit in that scripture? Be reliable. God's responsibility is not reliable in the world, and this is good by in and of itself. Work, pay your bills, be responsible, carry your own load. God expects that when you're an adult. But that's not godly. That's just an expectation of a human being maturing as adult. We see non godly people people that are atheists learn that because he equipped you with a brain conviction you can still learn lessons you can decide right and wrong without being saved society can teach you that in a sense but the bible says in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men what is a reliable man who also has risen up now is able to teach others that means you got to be in the mix because you want to, not because you got to. In the mix of human beings, in the mix of the brotherhood, in the mix of the church going, what? And, and, and maybe you feel like you're not being used the way you need to. Well, come see me. I don't have answers, but I know there's something to do. All of us, I'll just say help others. Get involved in studies. Talk to your Bible talk leader. Or do you want to be a Bible talk leader? Let's get you set up. Let's get to the point where you can, as we grow, lead a Bible talk. Everybody in here, we're going to eventually need you to lead a Bible talk, at least, because we're going to grow. We're going to have souls. We're going to be mentoring. We have to grow in the Lord and then help one another grow. Amen? Yes. Discipling process. We are being entrusted with God's eternal truth, and we need to be reliable Another word, actually, for reliable is treacherous. I know you think treacherous is negative, but it's like if you're climbing a rock, you're climbing and in a, in a, in a rock is unreliable, what can it lead to? Your death. You just need to be so into it. You got to be willing to go, what I say is the truth, especially from the scriptures. Obviously, there's opinion issues, and if it's an opinion issue and someone wants to really know, I will tell them honestly what I would do, but it doesn't mean I'm implying it on them because that's an opinion. But if you're wise, like when I get advice, I'll ask people that I really respect in the area and probably lean toward what the consensus of what I've asked for, what they're saying, if it's even against me, because... I'll go, why are they saying that? But I respect them. And then it, it, a lot of times it will lead my thinking to open more and go, oh, man, I didn't think that way. And it may just be a life situation. Many of us in here are equipped to help others, especially the younger brothers, in many areas. Like I can look at, like, I was not going to say old Robert. He's young Robert. But Robert's back there. He's, you know, if you got to know him, first of all, he's got adult children. And obviously, as I don't know if everybody knows this, but his son and his daughter-in-law are going to be with us in the Orlando church in, in this, this coming Dalvin. month, right? It's going to be awesome. Dalvin and Emily. But besides that, he's responsible. His awesome wife, Millie, he's got his own business. He works hard. He could teach so many of us 
the areas of what he's learned in making things happen and being reliable. See? So you might think, well, what am I doing? No, you use the scriptures, but the scriptures being honest, reliable, hardworking, uh, perseverant, deny yourself, make it happen, be on time. You know, these kind of things that, that it's better just instead of saying it, you can show a life that's doing it. Um, look in Colossians 1, 28. You guys with me? Colossians 1, 28. And it says here, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. Excuse me, I'm sorry, verse 28, and that's 24. It, he is the one who, one we proclaim. Who? Jesus, right? He, capital E. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I, and then uh, pick it up in verse 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Lacedia. And for all who have not met me personally, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. So, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, what's Paul's heart here? He wants to get knowledge not just for himself and wisdom from God. He wants to be able to get it to help others to keep it together, to build God's church, to follow through with God's dream, baptizing and saving souls. Amen? Amen. So the goal would be maturity, which would equal completeness. And maturity means the state of quality or quality of being fully grown or developed. You never fully grow or develop until you, you, know, you die growing and developing. You don't arrive. You never arrive, but you don't make an excuse. You're striving to go, I can learn. I can learn. If you see older people, a lot of times older people in the world sense, it's not like they even know it. They just feel like there's nothing else to learn. They've just kind of hit a cap, and they just, that's it. They're un, like, you, you, never, you can't teach an old dog tricks. You've heard that saying? That's, that, that's because it's based on a lot of times when people get old, they just, they don't, they're not open to being, feel like they can be taught anything. They don't want to hear it. And then when they do that, then, then they won't be taught anything because no matter who gets in their grill or what they want to do, they just don't want it, right? It's like you got to want unsolicited advice in your life. And it's not like you're, we're, we're pushing it like, what are you doing? What are you up to? No, we got to be friends. But we got to be brothers first, right? Brother friends. You guys know what that means? That means, that means, that means it, the, the truth and the mission and, and, and the loyalty to God is, trumps friendship god the truth is above friendship doesn't mean you're not gonna you're gonna throw people off the bus but but if someone's fully united in christ you're gonna be super close to one another because that's your full purpose so how are we doing in that brothers relationships with other disciples are uh look at john chapter 13 34 and then i'd love to hear some comments a little bit See, you're always in a different place as you're growing 
but you always should have these, these characteristics. And look in uh, John 13, 34. You guys there? A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Very popular scripture. But let me tell you something. If you don't stay dead set on this, you can be a disciple and not even realize you're not doing this. Because if we don't disciple each other, this is a command. So if you're a disciple, it's not like, oh, that's just me. No, no, that might just be you, but you need to be more of Jesus. Love has to be seen. It can't be in your heart. Love is an action verb. Do you know that? You ever see the movies or some scene in a movie where the, the, the relationship maybe with a dad and son, the dad will say, you know, I never, never say this, but you know I love you. And it's like the whole movie has never shown any love. It's like, oh, okay, you know? It's like a big moment with the music playing and the son will get a little tear in his eye, but it's like he never demonstrated it. But because he said that, I never said this. I never was, but you know I loved you. I mean, that's nice to hear, but can we see a little? You got to learn. You got to put yourself out there. You got to decide to go, I am going to give. Even against when you don't feel like it. A new command. Love one another. What's that look like? Well, what are some qualities of looking? What would that look like if you love one another? It says, well, you need to do it enough so that people in the world go, whoa, there's something different. Because it says, by this, all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So this isn't talking to us. This, he's talking to us about, look, what, what, how do people see you? How do people see you? Are you friendly, warm, kind? And when you're not, do you, do you go, God, help me change? You're going, well, no one can do that. You're right. No one can if you, unless you have time to go, God, help me be like you. Give me the strength where, where Paul just said that in Colossians. You know, look back at that scripture in Colossians 28, uh, 128. It says here in verse 129, it says, To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Not your energy. I don't know about you. I get burnt out if I don't ask God for help. And sometimes it's so ridiculous you don't even realize you're not doing that. You could be reading your Bible. You could be coming to church, but you don't. You're starting to feel worn out. And then I realize I need to ask God. I, he doesn't even expect us to run on our own energy. We can't. You're going to run out, which will, inf- which will infuse you if you go, look at that. He goes, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want to understand how to do that more. I've never arrived, but I know I can get that. It can be a simple prayer before you come in. God, help my heart. Help me get right. Help me do what's right. Help me not negotiate with my feelings when it comes to being like Jesus. Give me strength. Forgive me. Boom. You you, you can pray all the time. That's what the Bible says, pray continuously. So this is a command, and if you don't have relationships, you can't just fake it. Um. It's like, uh, I was talking, like, if you come in, if you're, on a, uh, if you're in a class in college, right, students, you may build a rapport with someone in your class once a week, but if you don't do anything else, it's like, hey, Frank, you get to know him. You may forget his name the first couple classes, and you're like, oh, I forgot his name. And then you kind of, like, look at, the, look at his paper, hand it out. 
oh, hey, Frank. But you just talk about class. You may say right before the few minutes before class starts, how was your week? And, oh, it was great, great. How was your Great. All right. All right, class. And then you, that's all you see. That's not really a relationship. It's a rapport. But as brothers in the church, to love one another, it's not just showing up and not ever getting time together. Right? Every one of you I've seen outside of an arena, even who I don't disciple, and I've seen you laugh hard and be goofy and just, just, just guys. Just one of the fellas. That's what we need. We're one of the fellas, so to speak, you know. We're, we're, in, we're just, you know, you, you, you have good, great laughs on silly things. You play games. You've seen each other in the atmosphere of not just church. And you feel close, right? Because that's closeness. That's friendship. If, you're, if, if we're going to really love one another, we've got to like one another. See, religious people will go, oh, I love you, bro. I love you, sis. Because they know it's right, but they don't really know you. So they're just saying it because it's biblical. You got to be real. And as we grow, you can't know everyone real close. And that's why we have discipling so no one gets lost or feels alone. And everybody's different strengths on this. Some people maybe are more gregarious naturally and they can come in and intermix, but others may not. And, we, and, they not, and remember, we don't know what's going on inside. You could feel all alone in a crowd. We don't want anybody to feel that way. Amen? Amen. And as someone's being made a disciple, they're taught also to give, to give their heart, not just to be a fly in the wall coming around like, you know, no, you are allowed, you are accepted, you are awesome. Even before you get baptized, you are here. And then you teach to, to, to insert yourself in love because Jesus says the command is to love. That means encourage. Amen? You guys with me? So... I want to just ask now, I'd like to hear from a couple of you. Who wants to share from their interpretation what, it, what discipling means and what you, how you think you're doing? Peter. Good morning, good morning. Um, good morning. Yeah, overnight type vibes, you know? Yeah. Uh, what I think discipling is is really just well, I mean, number one, iron sharpens iron. You know what I'm saying? So disciple is not just, I don't believe, for just for one person. I believe it's for both. You know what I'm saying? Both hold each other accountable. Both what can we grow in. Both build a relationship, friendship, bondship, whatever the word is, right? And just continually grow and fight and be there for one another. Encourage one another, but obviously encourage everyone else. You know, and I do want to apologize now that I'm up here because back when I used to disciple Daniel, it wasn't the best discipleship that we could have had, you know, and that kind of like haunts me sometimes in my sleep. I'm not going to lie, because just like, dang, what could have I done to be a better discipler, a better discipler, discipler? you know what I'm saying? It just, it just really hurt my heart because I feel like I could have played a better, a better, bigger role in his life, but I just was either afraid and fear or just didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? And I think that is not something that any brother should be doing at all, and if you are doing that, please repent. You know what I'm saying? Because you never know what could happen in just a matter of a couple of days. That's why it's very important to check every single week. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to apologize for that, bro. I know we talked about it before, but that's something that's been on my conscience and my heart. But I know you have Money Mel who's going to help you with that. And I'm still going to check on you and hold you accountable and love you, as I said. But that's what my thing is awesome. for Discipler. I mean, I, I really appreciate your heart. 
just an amazing lesson when you look at this and you think discipling. What's so great about this lesson tonight is just I really feel like you talk so much about heart issues and where's your heart. And, and then I think it starts there, having that heart to want to learn, having that heart to want to be taught, you know, and that's something that I think I think I was just talking with John about that earlier today is just praying for the soft heart. I was showing him my list of prayers and it, boom, you know, but uh, when you think about it's a command from God where you mentioned that word lukewarmness came in. Yeah, people can get away from it because we don't want to do it. It's like, why do I want to be told what to do? You talked a lot about correction, and then, you know, and then you brought up Proverbs. You know, each heart knows its own bitterness. I, I can't be close to you. I'm never going to get to that bitterness if I'm not close to you. That's so, and then understanding that appearances can be deceiving, feelings. So, so there's, like, when you talk uh, that strenuous work that Paul's preaching on, it's like you really have to dig in and dig deep and rely on God's strength. So I appreciate you bringing that up. It's just you really build a deep relationship with those people that you're discipling because how else are we going to grow and change? So, you know, uh, that was a, a great, you know, point and message. And then allowing, the, you said something about, you said you allow the Bible to become like, you allow yourself to, to become like the Bible, like what you see in the scriptures. Like you see it over and over, but as disciples are making disciples, is like we're becoming more Bible-like, more like what God commanded us. But that heart, again, the heart issue, it, it has to be there. I have to be willing to learn, you know. And then bringing up the point of reliability, you know, uh, and 2 Timothy 2, things you heard me say in the present many, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. That's such a great scripture because as a disciple, you're a leader, and it starts with leadership. If I'm going to call you to a standard, I must be doing it. I'm qualified to do it myself. It's like I do what I say that I'm going to do. I be where I'm saying I'm going to be. And there's integrity. You know, so here, when you think about this, it's like what's my conduct? What's my character look like? Am I conducting myself in a, in a fashion that's qualified to teach others? So this is how am I living? How am I living my life? And then, like, I'm getting the strength from God. So... It's uh, why am I doing these things, you know? Um, and then I love what you shared, John 13, 34. I mean, when you bring this in, putting yourself out there, because you're right. Like, sometimes you don't want to go and say hi to a brother. Like, you don't want to be like, I'm just tired. I want to relax. But when you think about love, that it is a verb. It's an action verb. Like, that example with the movie, and it's this guy that ever, like, that's so crazy. As I'm picturing this, I'm like, I, I got it pictured. I'm like, Wow. That's so true, but throughout the life, if you would have did this, if you would have did this, if you would have did this, you show that love. That's so important, you know, for me because, you know, like Blondell, he was sharing, like, yeah, I could have showed more love, but I felt it already because we already got brothers, you know what I mean? So that will never change. It's like we have that connection with God. And so I always feel like your brother, but I understand as we're sharing our faith because Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and we want to line up our lives with that. We're all lost without Jesus, but we need to see that. We need Jesus, and we need to help others to see that we need him, fixing our eyes on Jesus. So it's just when you think about that love piece, it's, it is building a connection. So for me, when I think about discipling, I'm like, you know, like uh, I've been out of discipling for a little bit while being in and out of the hospital, but I feel like, you know, I could do a better job, you know, uh, 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 like with um, Steve, Steve, 
Steve and Giovanni, you know, like these guys, they have that relationship. Sometimes I see you guys' relationships and I'm like, dang, I want a relationship like that with these guys because you're so close. It's like Beavis and Blockhead, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but no, no, no. Like you guys are very close. And I no, but I love that because that's the type of relationship that you want to be that close to your brothers where you can get open and then like, hey, look, this is where we're at. So, you know, this is a great challenge, Chris. I appreciate you bringing this up because there's areas that we can grow. And, and those are my, you guys are my guys, like your guys are my, so it's, it, you know, I love that relationship that you have. So I want to strive for that, that openness. But then as Chris mentioned, we're brothers, friends, brothers in God and Christ and Bible's the standard. So when that happens, I want to be told like, listen, Chaz, you're wrong here. So, amen. I just appreciate. Thanks for the lesson, bro. Amen. Let me. Uh, I, want, I want to more input, but I want to. I want to ask. Thank you for sharing that, bro. And even when you said I wasn't, I wouldn't come around. You were discipled because people were interacting with you and connecting with you, and that's discipling. Discipling is checking in. How you doing? You know, not even not just how you doing, but how you doing. Just how's life? How's your job? How's your new job? How he had an interview. I wanted to know. I thought I know he's a good. You know, I was like, how'd it go today? It, I, I, want, I, I remember things, you know, and that's why we have disciple relationships, but it's bigger than you. This is what I want you to hear. If you're in a, the church is really literally, I've heard this analogy, and I think it's true. It's like a family slash army, not army in the sense of hurting people, but we have a mission. Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations. So once you're saved, you don't just go, oh, I'm okay now. I got my deal. No, now you still follow Jesus. And he says, I want the message of love and, the, and salvation to permeate more and more through each one of you as you reach out and share your love. And then discipling one another, you have to realize you may not feel like you can fit into that, but how are you going to model it for others? Because you may not need it, you don't think, as much as you think. But if you don't continue to have a consistent thing and it just stops with you, do whatever you want, I'll get it when you want, where does the church go? Because everybody may not be like you. Truth be told, we all need to have our hearts uh, drawn out, and we all need to have a place to so-called even vent and just be able to talk on feelings, right? Sometimes I'll share what I'm feeling, and, and I'm already being I'm stopping myself speaking out loud in front of someone. Or I've had someone do that with me, right? It's like, oh, you just let them talk. What else are you feeling? And you can see they're already coming to the conclusion that they're out there, that it wasn't good, but they just need to talk. You don't need to stop them. Go, let me show the scripture. Just let them talk. Because at the end of it, they're like, man, I know I blew it. Well, amen, bro. Thanks for sharing that. I know you got it off your heart. So have you just have you went back to that person yet? No, I know I need to do that. See what I'm saying? But if you don't have that, then, then how are you helping continue to advance the world and build something bigger than you? You can't think of it as legalistic. Now, what is your heart like if you get corrected? See, this is where it takes strength for the one that disciples. And I can be honest, at times, I'm really good at it. What I mean is on, 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 on challenging people. Other times, I can get weary and not really want to, uh, if you don't want to hear it, forget it. But that's not good. That's not good because I can't force someone, but if you're trying to disciple people, and trying to help conform the church to grow, then you got to care about the person. But each of us have to try to do our best to have a heart that wants to hear it and not defensive and try to acknowledge it. Because I hope 
if someone is discipling you, they don't just try to nitpick or you feel like they're trying to put you there. They're saying it because they're seeking to understand, but it's something they may see that, that you need to hear. And I, I hope I've been that example. I, I know there's brothers that have corrected me, and I respond. Even if I speak in one of the little huddles or I'm feeling stressed or coming off unloving, I've had a brother come, are you all right? And he's a little harsh back there. Amen, I need to hear that. I'll even say thank you for telling me that. Thank you. I, I think it was Earl, but I, I'll tell you that. And I'm not saying I'm naturally, look at Mr. Spiritual. No, I fight to go help me have a heart. Why? Because I don't take for granted that wherever God's put me mature-wise, I have a great responsibility. And then in my flesh, I can hate it. It's like, I don't want to be there. But in my spiritual call, I go, God, I have to fight to be more humble because I'm never going to be able to be fake. I can't. So I need to be correctable, period. Are you? Are you correctable, period? And if someone does it wrong, just try to listen to what the message is instead of looking at the messenger. You know what I mean? Try to listen to what is there, can you own any truth that's been said? Because otherwise you get off message, and then you can get to that later if you feel like there's a pattern. But you know what? It takes a risk for someone to come up and say something, and maybe they're just trying to do it, and it may not come off great because they're nervous. Because I'm telling you, to take the energy to go into someone else's life and go, hey, can I, I just want to talk about something I've seen, perhaps. That takes energy, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like you could just go, whatever. I don't want to take, you know what I mean? It takes a risk to step into someone and correct in love and then have enough time to listen to them you got to listen you could possibly be off and then you go i'm sorry i didn't mean to be off i just was striving to see perhaps and i always go is is there something there or what do you think about what i'm saying or even sometimes if i know the person may be prickly meaning they're not they don't receive it well i'll say i just want to lay this at the foot of the cross for you to think about and I love you, and I've been thinking about it. I just want to share something I've seen. And then I'm just going to, I just ask you to lay it in front of the foot of the cross and think about what I'm saying. And if there's some truth, then, then amen. But I'm saying it because I care. I may be off, but I just want to say it. Because I'll just pick, I'm not afraid, but I just don't have time to hear someone get defensive. I'm going to walk away because I need to be encouraged in that. And I'm just, I get to that point. That's my struggle now. It's like, I'm not afraid. I'm just like, my wife gets on me now. She's like, did you say something? I go, no. And she'll go, why don't you disciple him? I go, because he's not going to listen. That's not all the time, but that's my heart at times. That's sin. What's that mean? I quit. I'm here, but I'm not going to put the effort. I'm tired. I don't want any resistance anymore. Well, then that means I want robots. <laughs> We're all human, right? And Jesus dealt with people and was patient. And look how he handled people. And then you see how they handle each other. So that's my sin that I'm aware of because you got to get into it. You can't be shy and you can't be, you can't be uh, nitpicking and you can't, you got to realize everybody needs a much grace in discipling, right? And, and I want to open it up to that. I want to look at this one scripture and then I'm going to open it up. How do you feel like your heart is at taking discipling? Are you open to discipling? See, if you're discipled by I call at this level, like you, and, and I don't mean to put anybody else down, but at this level means you've established yourself in a reliability, like you're leading a Bible talk. Leaders of Bible talks have got to a point where that's every week they're going to show up 
with their co-leader, think about a lesson, to, I mean, a discussion to talk about, and create an atmosphere and be joyful and happy. Now, every week in life, right? And I can tell you, Bible talk leaders, isn't it almost happened consistently, like right before that? Like, it's like something may stress you out or something, and they're like, oh, that's by design. God allowed that to see if you can table it and go, God, let me just deny myself and give right now and I'll deal with it. God's put that in your life on purpose. And if you look at, uh, but that's reliable, right? And then you got to be able to talk to the, the people in your Bible talk. Like if they're consistently late, you got to have that talk. And if that person responds uh, like excuse, just go, you know, bro, that's not helpful. Unless it's something that you can't prevent, I need you to change, and I need you to work harder at getting here early and being encouraging because I need you. I, we all need each other. The hand can't say to the eye, I don't need you. We're striving to do God's business. This isn't my Bible talk. It's the Lord's, and you are a disciple. So let's all get in there and bring the light so when visitors do come, they can see what Jesus commanded, loving one another in a light. Amen? Look in uh, 2 Timothy 4, verse... One, it says here, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Now, this is what I love. I really believe the end of verse 2 could fit in what grace is. Great patience Careful instruction. Isn't that the way you want to be handled? Isn't that the way God handles us? How much mercy and grace and kindness does God have on a daily basis when we just bring our sin to him and say, forgive me? Because he says, I love you and I forgive you. And he works with you even over and over and over. If you, but you need to stay faithful to him and know he's with you. But great patience, if you just have great patience, and don't have careful instruction, you're creating a big baby. Think about it. You're just great patience. No matter what they do, no problem. I love you, bro. I'm patient, whatever. And they don't change. You're creating a big adult baby spiritually. Great patience with careful praying for wisdom on how to draw the heart out and get to know that person and encourage them, but also help them know you want to make them better. And it's not for your sake, it's for the Lord's. So both together, isn't that grace? Great patience and careful instruction. That means you got to think about what you're going to say and why you're going to say it before you say it. And why is it important to say it? It can't be like you have it taken it personal. you got to go, I want this person to, be, uh, to help them in their area of their life. And it could be anything from not using deodorant to not doing quiet times consistently. You have to disciple people to be the best they can for other people. Because people don't look at the heart. They look at the outward appearance. So we need to be our best. Amen? I want to open it up now for, uh, Earl, why don't you come up and share what you think about it. You know, I'll tell you, I think my heart is open to discipling, uh, open to the extent that I know I need it. Doesn't mean I'm always open to to what I'm being told, but I know I need it. So it's a sense that I welcome it even if I'm struggling in the face of what you're telling me. But the other part of my heart is 
I'm not great at being willing to look in the eyes and challenge in a loving way to say, you're not holding the standard. You're not carrying your load. And I was telling Marcos and Chama last night, this is where I've got to grow and be firmer. I don't need to be a hammer, but I've got to be firmer in my approach because I love you and you're my brother and you're missing the mark. And if I don't help you hit the mark, I'm failing you. And uh, so my, my heart is there, still needs to grow. And that's the other part of it is it doesn't matter how old I am or what my life experience or how long I've been in the kingdom. Uh, we never stop growing. We never reach that point where, where we arrive. And so, you know, saying to Aiden that, you know, Aiden's heart needs to be like the most spiritually mature person in the room. And it's easy for me to say, well, somebody new in the, in the kingdom, they need to kind of rise up to that level. But, you know, it made me think, too, that like the first month after I was baptized, I, I didn't feel like my feet had even touched the ground. I mean, I was just in this moment. And I, I look at Aiden and I think, my heart needs to be there. You don't necessarily need to come where I am. I need to be back there where I am eager and I'm hungry and I'm chasing after it and I'm willing to look in the eyes of somebody that's calling me to to a higher account and a higher standard. But I appreciate the lesson. Awesome. I disciple Earl and Parker. And they're on staff, as you, will, as you well know. It doesn't mean we're better than anybody. They just have, God has made it clear that they're interns, which means they, they're just disciples feeling like they're called to be in the ministry, which is great. But at that level, I rarely, I mean, you guys hope, I'm not really a guy that's like, <clears throat> but I'm not afraid to go, bro, you're late again, or why aren't you on time, bro, I need you to repent, right? And I, and I was saying to Errol, and I, I love Earl's heart because we had this interaction in staff and in my staff meetings, I had to keep saying it. I go, it's going to be it's going to be a different type of meeting. I push and it can get awkward on purpose. I'm not trying to do anything wrong, but but, but even other people in the in the in the circle are like and I tell people we got to be as real as possible here, right? He's watching. I'm not trying to make it awkward, but I was talking to Earl and I appreciate Earl cuz Earl is a good soldier, but I was asking him something and then I said, "No, bro, I I I think I want you to do it this way." And then he I he saw he looked at me like, you know, like he was going to be a good soldier and I said, "Bro, what are you feeling?" And I pushed it until he said, I disagree. And I went, amen. I was excited then. Because I don't want, I want to hear the honesty first. I want, you got to be able to be honest and real, even if it's unspiritual. And I'm not saying it was necessarily unspiritual with him, but you got to get honest with each other. And you don't need to go, that's wrong, guy. You got to listen. And then you got to go, bro, how do you feel about that? You gotta realize the spirit of God, Jesus is discipling every one of us in us. So if you let people speak, sometimes they're gonna be grieved anyway. But then I said, bro, no, I need you to do it this way. And I and I pushed the envelope like it's a style of leadership, and I gave him the, the direct, like, I just need you to do it. But it went back and forth, and it wasn't a wrong, but it was a little awkward. And then he saw it, and then later on he apologized to me, and I don't even think he knew he was doing anything wrong. It was just like there's certain things like disputable, just surrender and submit to my direction. If it's a long, like where the Bible doesn't speak, we can speak, but we're doing it this way. And I tried to help him see why I was thinking it. But the reason I'm saying it, he's awesome, it was like a real action. And I'm not saying I'll always be right. He may bring something up, and I really will go, amen, bro. You know, let's go with that. That's a better idea, or I see that. Because that's who you have to be. If you're trying to just hold your position, you're not, you're not a good leader. you got to go, what is better? If it's better, amen. Let's, let's, I didn't think of that. Let's go that way. I don't care, guys. I'm just in this position as a servant. I just want to move God's kingdom. Amen. And if we can figure out how to do things better and be more effective, please bring it because you have the spirit too and to share it. But let's be unified. Amen. But I appreciated Earl's heart 
for being honest and real and then thinking it through of the principle of what was going on that he saw. But amen, right? So uh, who else wants to share about Cyprus Parker? Yeah, so, I mean, I've learned a lot of lessons in discipling, being discipled in discipling. I've never been the most confrontational in life, you know. That's something I also had to really learn. Um, but I also learned a lot of it's communication. You have to understand, like, how does this person feel? How do they communicate? How are they responding to your communication? And a lot of times I realized, like, DJ really helped me learn this, is, like, the tone you speak in, affects a person a lot you can be saying something that is genuine but if you say it in a certain tone it comes off like you're coming at the person and you know one of the proverbs i love is proverbs 15 it just says a gentle it says a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger and i remember getting discipled by martin bentley one time who's been a christian for 50 years and he didn't, like, correct me. He didn't tell me I did something wrong. He just asked me a question. And he, and he, just, he just came up to me. He's like, hey, bro, how you doing? And he's like, and he just, he had it on his heart. He already knew what he was going to say. That was exactly what he wanted to get across to me. But he just asked me a simple question that made me answer. And I already knew his point. And I was just like, dang, you know, he got me. And he didn't even correct me. He just asked me a question. So I just realized, like, it's that gentle answer that turns away wrath when you disciple someone, and it's that gentle answer when you get discipled that turns away wrath as well. So that's what I've learned. You know, uh, (laughs) I appreciate, uh, you know, Chris a lot because last Sunday, I asked Chris, you know, like, I want to share for communion. And this is exactly what I wanted to go, you know, share about. Because this has been on my heart for the longest. And somehow he preached about it today. I was telling Marcos about it. I'm like, wow, I don't understand. But even the question that he asked, right, he said, uh, what's, what's your heart like when you get disciples? Are you correctable? This is something that, uh, it, that wasn't me. That, like, just to be honest, that wasn't me at all. I remember when Stephen started discipling me. I mean, I'm not going to say everything, but I'm just going to, because I'm waiting for Chris to, you know, say, yes, you're going to share, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it because I was, I was at a point where I'm, I was stubborn, like, prideful. Like, I'm not willing to just hear someone tell me something, even if I, even if I know, like, like you said here, right? Can you own any truth that has been said? When he asked that question, I'm just like, what? I know. I, I, that wasn't me. When you even tell me the truth, I'll just look at you and be like, who do you think you are? <laughs> hmm? So, yeah. Thank you, bro. Hi, guys. Awesome. Yeah, um, I love this again. Uh, discipleship is really great. Um, and what, what I've come to learn from it is just how much we need each other. You know, it's like, because there's always seasons, you know. Everybody has their seasons. And it's like everybody's their main character in their own life. And there's somebody, at each point, somebody else, you know, you get that special character, right? And it's like, example for me, Earl. It's like, 
are always like helping me like walk through my heart and go through these things. And as I'm learning, as, a, as I'm learning, because that was the big phase for me, learning how to figure out my heart, because I'm like, what the heck is this thing? <laughs> right? right? And uh, as I'm doing that, but I'm like, oh, wow, now I know how to interact with brothers in a way that, oh, because I know you're thinking the same way that I was thinking. You know, so now I can, like, hey, these are the steps I'm taking, you know, take them with me. Let's go. You know, because, you know, again, I'm not shy of being direct, <laughs> right? But being direct doesn't always work. You know, I mean, for me sometimes, like, you know, you have, I'm like, why should we fight each other when we can love each other, yeah. right? Which is, again, the command, you know, a new command I give you, love one another. And it's like, I, I appreciate that love because now I can go out there and try to, which is still scary, <laughs> you know, because you never know how somebody responds. You know, likewise, I know sometimes I'm like, I know what you're saying and it's true, but I don't want to hear it right now. You know, so it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, and I know that, oh, I do that, you know. So likewise, I need to be aware when I'm doing that to somebody else, you know, and, and, but again, just helping them navigate, you know. So like, it's awesome. It's like a give, awesome. learn, give kind of thing. Yeah. And I want to tell you, uh, I'm proud of Chamba because he's been, he went through being discipled. He was humble. He shared for communion. And I, was, I even whispered to Earl, I said, it's so great to see big boy back in the game. And I mean, he was already repentant, but you know, when you get disciplined, you have to step back. He had to, it wasn't because he was like in trouble. It was like, when someone's not doing well, if they're in a, a pattern of sin, you get open. You got to really make sure you know they're loved and they're believed in. Because if they sin terribly, it doesn't mean they're not believed in. It means Satan's trying to take them out. I believe in you more. If you repent, David sinned the worst. Chamba's an amazing man of God. I realize he hasn't even tapped his potential, but neither has any of you because you have the Spirit of God in you. And let's look at uh, Proverbs 30. So, guys, I just want you to know that if you're not getting together regularly, weekly, trying to connect and even inserting yourself, you're not really building God's plan of what his church should do for generations, right? And it says here in Proverbs 20, verse 5, the purpose of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. And that kind of is what Chamba was saying. You got to pray for wisdom. Sometimes I will go, I want to say something so bad, but then I have to think of where and what the person, what's going on. It's not, may not be the right time. Just because it's on your heart, you're emotional, you see something, hey bro, can I talk to you for a minute? You got to realize what's that going to do? What's going to happen? And you have enough time. If you do a serious correction on a brother or something, and it's just quick and you don't have time, or they're getting ready to, you're just getting ready to start church, and then what are they going to be thinking about? And, or, or just you got to have that time, and you don't, let, you don't put it off, but it's just the relationship once together. You must love one another because if you're not building that rapport with each other and vulnerability breeds vulnerability, that means you're open too. You don't just wait and go, you get open. you got to be real with each other. Why? Because a person's hearts are deep waters. You know, guys, can't you even relate sometimes where so you're, you may be asked, like, what are you feeling? And you really don't know, but there's a lot going on. Yeah. You can't describe it. Right. I don't know. I feel junked up. I feel like, you know, you don't even know what's going on. Men are so, we have to learn how to, re, how to go, what am I feeling? Yeah. And that's why, they, that's why it's even good to go, are you mad? <laughs> yes. Are you sad? If you get above your pride and get humble, you go, it's okay for a man to go, yeah, I'm sad. Are you embarrassed? Well, if you're prideful, you're going to go, never. No, 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 yeah, I am. I'm disrespected. Disrespect or embarrassed. If you're embarrassed, you're disrespected. Afraid. 
Oh, men don't want to say that, do they? I'm afraid of nothing. No, no, fear's huge, right? Fear in life is huge without God. And then, and then, and then uh, uh, so, so you just got to draw each other out, and you get to know each other, and you go, what's going on? And you may not even figure it out, but you're just talking. And it's going to come up because if you're praying, going, God, help me in between, it's going to happen. So I love the fellowship. Without the fellowship, I'm not going to make it. But I still have to work at giving my heart. It never ends. It's almost like I'm an oxymoron against myself on what I want to do, I don't do. Like Paul says, right? What I know is right and what is good to do, that I don't do at times, right? Where you can isolate or you don't, you don't make the time. But if you look at it as like fun, let's get together. Like even Parker and Earl, I, I go, man, we get together on staff. And what, I go, man, you know what? I just had to set it because of my energy level. And I said, guys, let's just get together, us three, and talk about anything. But that's works right now for me. But otherwise, it was getting uh, – a week ago, why we're not getting together. We go, it's like I'm seeing them in staff, but I can't just be in staff going, no, 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 no. I need to go, dude, and we laugh and we talk. I got to be close. See what I'm saying? And you can't do that with everybody, but that's why I come early to fellowship. If, I, I tell you, if you come to midweek Bible talk and Sunday devoted before the Lord, do it for the Lord and one another, you're not going to feel lonely. If you come late when the music's singing and everything and you just kind of in, you don't really have good conversations. And plan to stay. Have fellowship. It's not legalistic. It's for your own good. It's not a command like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, why not? Give your heart. You're helping one another as you're helping yourself as you encourage one another. Amen? So I, I think uh, the last thing I just want to bring up on discipling is there's so much. It's so deep. And that's why study out Jesus and think about, am I like Jesus the way he is with people? No, you're never going to arrive. But am I striving to imitate that? Am I becoming more like that? You know, you're not always going to be on. But you know if you're included. You know if you feel close, Right? And if you feel alone or don't feel loved, we got to care about that. But part of that probably is your fault because you get back what you give. And it doesn't mean you don't, we don't love people unless you love us. But the Bible does say give and it will be given to you. So if you do that, you can't outgive God. He's generous. So if you insert yourself, you're going to get appreciation, but you don't do it for that reason, right? Um, to follow for training, we need to follow because one another as we follow in Christ. So when I say follow me as I follow Christ, I'm hoping people can see something to imitate with Christ or things to imitate in me, not the flaws, and then look at a Stephen and go, oh, I can get other stuff from him. It's not like you're going to have a complete package in any of us. But instead of being critical, you go, what is imitatable and I admire? Not what you're critical of, because unless you're going to help the person because you're concerned they're in sin, then you realize no one's going to have it down. No one's a complete package. It's like, I can look, think about it. Just think about each other right now. You probably can think about it and look at each person and go, wow, that person's great in that. I want to imitate that. You know what I mean? And, and that's fine. Just go, wow, that's great. I want to imitate that. And then you strive to be the best you can. Look at uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine. We got to follow Jesus for training, and sometimes we just think of training as like, oh, I got to be a soldier, got to do. No, it should be a joy. Look what it says here. Look what Jesus even says in twenty nine: Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's pretty cool to follow. Do you bring that atmosphere to each other? You know, you're, you're serious with sin. You draw people out. But they still should feel like, wow, that was a great experience. I felt loved. I felt close. I appreciate his friendship. Uh, I also felt like even though he's correcting me, he was humble and gentle. Because usually when you correct someone, you should be, I can relate to you. I've either done it, could do it, or would do it. We're no better. Uh, it's just my turn to help you out, and it's your turn to get helped. Amen? Amen. Following Jesus has its goal, and our training is to become more and more like him. And we look at each other as life visuals as we see Christ's character permeating and becoming more influential in our own hearts. That's what we're seeing as we're all striving to go, God, help me change. Amen? Because if you strive to be like God's heart, there's no more amazing goal, period. Nothing matches. Try to love and be and imitate Jesus. You're going to have great relationships. You're going to have great relationships at work. You're going to have a great relationship in your marriage. You're going to always be able to resolve because you're humble. You can pray and get humble instead of, you know, get mad. And then, like, so many friendships even end in the world. Someone hurts someone's feelings. Like, and it's just, it's over because no one can come together. We help each other. And we see two brothers that are at odds. We go, hey, let's get together, man. I'm not just going to watch. I go, hey, we, you guys need to get together, and I'm going to get in there and help. Because it seems like you can't resolve. Right? We need to help resolve. Are you with me on this? And the last thing I want to say is the regions. I'm proud. I'm so grateful to see the church go in regions. You guys appreciate being in regions? Isn't that a learning curve for all of us? And uh, all I hear is great things. But every one of you, hopefully, you know how important we are in the church, the body of Christ. But now we're seeing that, so hopefully you're excellent in those areas, not just on this on Sunday when we come together, and we're here this Sunday, but really get behind it. I went to Stephen and Leandra's uh, region, and I'm just, I was so impressed how it was so orderly, that everything was set up, and I know that it had to do with him delegating and brothers helping, and everybody was behind him, but it was organized, the, the, the service was great, and then Stephen did a great job preaching. And, and that's your leadership, learning to give delegation. And then I saw the picture and seeing Aiden get baptized in the, 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 the south, east region, which is awesome. And Aiden, how old are you? 18. So what I was going to say about that is I'm 61. I look at an 18-year-old, I go, wow. Not looking down on him, but it's amazing to be 18. But what can, what can we help just by encouraging him? To many, he's like a son. We, we're either brothers, uncles, big brothers. Eventually, you'll be a dad-like. What I mean by a father figure, you're an example. You're always there. You're reliable. And, uh, you know, that's what we need to look at Aiden as. He's a young man coming in, and it's not that he's not, I'm sure, gifted in anything, but he's just young. He's going to learn. When I was in my 20s, it was the turbulent 20s. I think it's still, for me, it's the turbulent 60s. I'm still trying to figure it out. But, bro, it's great to have you in the kingdom. And I hope you really feel loved, and I hope you, the brothers, and you'll see that we're, we're all here for you, all for one and one for the Lord, and we're all walking with God. Amen? Amen. So let's close out with a song. We got a good song to close out with? What do you think? What do you think? Come on. Come on. Thanks, guys, for sharing.